What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Clutch Career Sports. I'm your lead host, Zach, and on this episode, we're here to talk about everything related to XFL Week 1, what we liked, what we didn't like, and our expectations moving forward for it. Now let me introduce you guys to the rest of the crew. What's up, you guys? It's Eric here. I'm your NFL and NBA guy, and if something upsets me enough, you know I'm going to rant about it. Hey guys, it's me, Nate. I'm a big NFL college fantasy guy and um, starting this week, big XFL guy as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> Something new to your intro, Nate. Gotta yeah. switch it up every once in a while. <laughs> certainly, certainly. Maybe you're going to switch up that Tom Brady picture once he's a member of the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, my I hope God. not. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Started yet, Zach? Calm yeah. Down. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> this isn't about the NFL, Zach. All right. <laughs> okay. So, like I said in the intro, this episode's going to be all about the XFL, and I believe the three of us were actually on the episode months earlier talking about the XFL. I want to say you guys were all on that, right? Oh, I yeah. was. Yeah, that was sure. one of those topic episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was in a topic. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's cool that, that the three of us are back here now one week after the first start of the XFL season. But if I had to give a grade to the XFL week one, I'm giving it an A plus because I came in with high expectations, as you guys know from that previous episode, and I those expectations were met and exceeded. Because there were some things that I didn't even think about that was going to happen in the XFL, and they did. And not to say that there wasn't anything bad, because obviously my favorite team lost, so I can be mad about that. But as a league, there are, I think, a couple of things that could be improved upon for sure. But definitely, for me, this was meet and exceed expectations, and I'm giving it an A+. Uh, Eric, what would you like grade the XFL I guess for me, I want to give it. I'm going to give it a B. Um, I guess I definitely came into this with way lower expectations than you. I probably came into this with the lo- the least expectations mm-hmm. out of everybody in the group. So I was kind of starting it off on a C scale of my expectations. Yeah. And I was going to, if I liked it, I'd go higher. And if not, I'd go lower. And definitely in agreement with Zach here that there's definitely still that a lot could be done better. So I'm not as excited about it as Zach is still yet. I'm definitely not there. But at the same time, there were some things that I liked and was fairly impressed with. So as a result, I did up my initial starting grade of a C and up it to a B. Okay, very good. Uh, Nate, how about you? I'm kind of in the middle of both of you guys. I'm giving an A. Um, I won't go as far as an A+, plus just because I feel like there are still definitely some areas to continue improving, but I definitely liked what I saw. I think it's definitely a step forward from what we saw in the AAF last year. We'll kind of get into that in a little bit, but I think the entertainment aspect of the broadcast was definitely... Um, a lot better. All right, very good. Yeah, so initially we're going to talk about everything good from the XFL, and 
the majority of the good things from the XFL come from this rule book, which people people really need to give Oliver Luck credit on coming up with this rule book because they tested these rules out in other startup leagues and minor leagues, high schools and you know Canadian leagues and etc. But they spent two years coming up with these rules and the rules that they came up with, they said they still want it to be American football, 11 on 11, what everybody's used to, but they don't want it to be gimmicky. So they didn't want, they didn't want to combine football with WWE. They didn't want to make it like a whole different thing. But at the same time, he said that they wanted to make it a smarter league. And with the rules, I got a, Basically every rule I give high high marks to, starting with the kickoff rule. I'll get your guys' opinion on the kickoff rule, but I, I am totally in favor of the kickoff, the new kickoff that they have because it makes it so much more exciting to watch. I mean, all the kickoffs were returned. I don't think I saw any touchbacks from the games that I watched. And, I mean, I don't think there was a kickoff return for a touchdown yet, but there's definitely... That's definitely going to happen with the way that these rules are. Uh, it it makes something that in the NFL in college is just taken for granted as a touchback 95% of the time. It makes it something worth watching. And the fact that all the players are lined up down at the end of the field like that, it's different. It's new. Uh, and it's something that I liked as well. And, and I know it's also safer for the players too, so there should be less injuries when it comes down to that that special teams play, which I know in the NFL produces a lot of concussions. So overall, I'm a huge fan of the kickoff. Eric, what do you think about the new kickoff? Overall with the kickoff, I liked the concept of the players like being farther down the field so that they couldn't uh, already be running at full speed by the time they get down there and uh, reducing of injuries. That's definitely a great thing that that part of the kickoff rule I like. Now, what I what I don't like is the part where if the I guess if I if I'm saying this wrong, definitely correct me. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously not as familiar with these rules as you are, but I believe I saw where if the kicker does not get the kick, like if it doesn't land inside the 20 yard line, then the receiving team gets the ball on the opposing team's 45-yard line. Was that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, see, to me, that's way too harsh of a penalty on the kicker. I mean, I know, I think in the NFL, if like if they kick the ball up and it goes out of bounds, then they get it on the 40, I think, like their own 40. Yeah, so, it's either 40 or 35. Either yeah, of those, it's either 35 yeah. or the 40. I would be fine with that, but because of a kicker not getting the ball inside of the 20 on the kickoff, then you automatically get to start inside opponent's territory. That's a little bit much. And I, I know they want the rules to be favored for the offense. So I, you know, I get that, but at the same time for me, that's way too harsh of a penalty. But other than that, I liked the rule. I, because I did see like one or two touchbacks, I think, but definitely way less than in the NFL. And the, the play actually is meaningful. So the meaningfulness of the play and the reduction of hopefully what will be reduction of injuries. Those two things I like, I just don't like the ball placement. If the ball doesn't okay. go inside the 20, that's the part I don't like. Nate, how about you? Um, yeah, I'm kind of 
with Eric here, I like that. I don't know. I'm kind of. It's kind of like a something I gotta get used to, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely like way different. You know, watching those first few XFL games compared to the NFL for sure. Um, I I agree. I think it's a little bit much to get the ball that far up, but I like the other parts of the kickoff that they have going on. That I do think it's gonna make it safer. With especially like I know the NFL is kind of trying to take that out of the game. I think mm-hmm. this might be a viable option to keep it in. I think it's a big um, part of football they definitely should keep. But I think giving a team of the ball at the 35 like that is kind of a steep penalty, like what Eric was saying. Yeah, it is a penalty, but Connor, Connor was messaging me about this, and he made a good point to me. Like, these kickers, you know, if they aren't able to kick it this far, like – that that's an indic that's indicative on them and they should be able to if they're going to be in a professional football league be able to kick the ball that far um it's definitely also more strategical i think because kicking it as a normal traditional touchback puts the ball at at the 35 yard line whereas if you are able to bounce it into the end zone that means that it's uh only at the 15 yard line so that's like a 20 yard difference so That's I true. think it's a lot of I think it's more strategy also on the part of the kicker. Does he want to go risky and try and pin the other team down at the 15? But at the same time, he could mess his team up and they could get the ball in plus field position. So it's more strategy I think on the kicker's part. That's why I, I actually like that that penalty being as harsh as it is because it's not just in the NFL the kicker has one objective always kick the ball out you know, but. This That's time true. it gives the kicker a little bit more strategy on what he wants to do. But we'll move on to the next big rule. So the point after touchdown, the, obviously going for one at the two-yard line, going for two at the five-yard line, or three at the ten-yard line. Most coaches played this pretty conservative this week because there wasn't a whole lot of epic comebacks or anything. But I'm I'm a huge fan of this. You guys know me. I'm, <laughs> I'm Mr. Go for two every time. So... I was ecstatic for this rule. This is something I, I knew about. And it once again, just watching the game, it makes it so much more enjoyable to watch another play than a kicker kick the ball into the up in the uprights. I mean, that, that part of the game is still going to exist with field goals, but when it comes to extra points, they're just so meaningless in traditional football. I I was a fan of the strategy. I it And also that plays into the comeback period. So... You know, it gives teams the chance to come back in these games so you don't have to watch a team just chew the clock down. And, you know, when we talk about the comeback period, too, that's another huge thing I like about this. But it gives it more strategy. It gives it more – there's something more to watch. So, once again, another reason I rated this game as an A+. Uh, Eric, are you feeling on the same page about me with this PAT, or do you miss the extra points? (laughs) I'm I'm definitely in agreement with this, although at the same time, I don't disagree with the way the NFL does it. I, li- I like that the NFL made the change, you know, a couple of years ago of moving it back from the 10 yard line to the 23 yard line. So that way, it at least makes the extra point more challenging. But I still I like it better than with college football, because in college football, they still have the 20 yard extra point, which is. 99.8% of the time is going to be made. So 
in that regard, it's so pointless. And so I like this idea. I am definitely in favor of this. I remember at one point I was watching, I believe it was, it was in the defenders dragons game and the dragons were down 31 to 19 and they went out and were kicking a field goal. And of course my first instinct was thinking of the NFL rules. And I was thinking to myself, why are you doing that in the fourth quarter? That's going to put you down by nine. You're still going to be down by two scores. But then I thought to myself, oh, yeah, if they can get the ball back and get a touchdown, they could go for three and tie it, which would be really interesting. Unfortunately, it didn't play out that way. But that would have been really interesting if it had come down to that type of scenario where a three-point mm-hmm. conversion could tie the game and send it into overtime. That would have been really cool. So this is a rule that I'm pretty much in 100% favor for, for sure. All right, Nate, are you on the same page as us as well? I definitely am. I think giving, I think especially like, I think definitely having the one point um, conversion makes it more interesting. Like you were saying, the extra points basically a wasted, you know, two minutes by the time they get all the, you know, players on the field Mm -hmm. and off the field and run the actual, you know, kick and all that. It's just a bunch of wasted time. Um, after every touchdown, and especially I think in a league like the XFL, I definitely need something like that that's going to keep people engaged. Um, and I, I also really like the three-point idea just because um, I saw a tweet about it from one of the XFL account. Oh, here it is. Yeah, XFL, and it was like 17 points is still a two-score game. Mm-hmm. So it's like I definitely like that because it keeps you more engaged as a fan. Like if your team is down or even if you're just watching the two random teams, and one of them's down, like, you know, you will be less likely to turn it off just because the team actually has more of a chance to, you know, make the comeback happen. So I, I'm yeah. totally in favor of it. Okay, yeah. So now, idea. yeah, the comeback period, that's kind of related to this, but basically it's where in the final two minutes, it's the rules are the clock stops when it goes out of bounds or incomplete passes, but if it's inbounds the clock stops automatically and then they reset the the ball and then they wind five seconds of the play clock down so it's 20 seconds on the play clock clock snaps kind of like they do in college they don't do that five second runoff thing but um i once again this is another reason why i think this is so much more entertaining and we didn't see a epic comeback this week but we will and Mm -hmm. it just makes it just makes games more enjoyable when you know that that also, another thing, too, they said, I think it's at a minute and 17 seconds left when the team's out of timeouts where the team can that has the ball can officially just, like, do the kneel downs on first down because so many times I just hate seeing the kneel downs and the just run up the middles, chew the clock, timeout, run up the middle, chew the clock, timeout. Like, it's in the same amount of time because they're calling timeouts in the NFL, so it's the same amount of time is going on. But there's just going to be more football being played in the XFL because the play clock's shorter and, you know, you can't just run out the clock like you normally could. You're actually, I think in some cases, it's going to force the offense to have to be offensive and go on the attack more to get that first down because they don't want to give the ball back, you know, because they know that the other team, you know, has favorable time rules and the and the 
final two minutes. So it keeps both teams honest. It gives the team down a chance to come back. It gives the team up. It makes them have to earn the win, which I really respect. So I'm a fan of this as well. Um, Nate, would are you a fan of this as well too? I am. Like, kind of goes back to the last point with the three-point play, but I think I'm all for any rule that's going to keep the game interesting and keep it from, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think the biggest thing with the XFL is getting people to tune in and, you know, keep watching because it's such an unproven product. Yeah. And I think having these rules in place makes it more likely that people will um, check out a game just to see what's going on. And they will stay more engaged because it, it's a lot harder to, especially with the running clock and everything, it's a lot harder for a team to get up, you know, 30 plus points yeah. and really put a game away before, you know, the last few minutes. I think with these rules in place, like the majority of games will at least be close and competitive um, for the duration, or, which I think is crucial yeah. for this league to um, do well. Yeah. Uh, so I'll move on to another another rule change, and this is the replay rulings. So this is where the XFL gives the TV viewer full access to what's going on behind the scenes. You see Robert Liu up in the top corner. He, you know he's using the Xbox controller to see and make calls on the instant replays. And I did notice these went a lot quicker than the NFL does. And I, I like it because it's transparent, too. This is something the NFL absolutely, I think, needs to do. I don't know why they wouldn't, unless they're hiding something. You know, I don't want to say there's any conspiracy theories <laughs> going on, but why not? You know, if you want to be more transparent to your fans, the XFL showing a great way where you can do that. And it's got huge positive support by everybody. Eric, this was one of your favorite things on the XFL, so I'll let you talk more about it. Yeah, this was my personal favorite thing that I saw when watching the game, because the, the particular picture that you have there from the mm-hmm. guardians vipers game, that was the instance of, I want to say I saw one in the defenders game too. Yeah, there was, there was, an, I, I specifically do remember this one and just watching the way he communicated with the ref. And then, you know, he, cause I think the, the ruling on this one, on this particular play was that a, the viper, player had caught the ball and then fumbled it and it was recovered by the guardians and so then the you heard the replay guy come in he's like no we need to take a look at this stop the game and yeah so then the ref pauses the game and he's explaining to the ref every little detail like oh he only had one foot down when he caught the ball before he dropped it he never had full possession and then the ref was actually about to like go ahead and announce it and then he was like oh wait hold on we need to clock yeah. the ball and get the clock and like so they figured out all the details and like you said zach they did it so fast i mean they probably did it all in the span of about a minute maybe two minutes at the most i mean they they were really spot on it didn't take like 10 12 minutes like it can in the nfl sometimes where they're taking forever to review this stuff so i and they got the call right too which was the most important thing like they not only were they quick and efficient they got the call right it was definitely that particular play was not a fumble so that was probably my favorite rule out of everything in the xfl and i agree with you as well that the nfl it would be really nice if they would do this because it seems like a lot of times what happens in the nfl is they get like the rules analyst that tries to break it down yeah it's like 
he's like, I'm going to see that this will be a catch and it will stand. And then like yeah. they come back and they're like, oh, the ruling on the field is overturned. And then the ruling's yeah. like, well, I'm not really sure what they saw to get that conclusion. And it seems like kind of, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so I, if the NFL would implement this, I would be a huge fan of that for sure. But I, I, I really like that part. Yeah, so, and th- that's just one of the several things the XFL did that I think made it so much more enjoyable to watch. And it, another one, the coach-player communication, where I I think most people just think it's kind of cool to hear the plays being called. But, I mean, I, I thought that was really cool to hear the the different play plays being called by the coordinators and the fact that all the helmets... Uh, on all the offensive players except for the O line have the have the helmet communication so they can hear what's going on. I think that's crucial when you have a 25 second play clock because uh, there's less time in the huddle. You have to it's a faster paced game. So the fact that more people can be communicating with the sidelines, I think they I think they did a good job with that 25 second play call by balancing out balancing it out with that communication because. We want a faster game. That's what the XFL is all about. So they have the faster game, but they're not diminishing the product by having a lot of delay of games and a lot of um, issues with teams not knowing what to do. There was a couple times I think the equipment wasn't working right, which was, I mean, it's week one of a new league. That stuff's going to happen. I expect it to be better next week and moving forward, but still just the concept of that, I think is a great balance out for that 25 second play clock. And another one of the communication things is the interviews. So this is, I think people are mixed, kind of mixed about this, but I love it because (laughs) you get to see players' raw emotions. This is something, and I'm going to say this too, like the players in the XFL just watching this game on TV, it made them more human. I mean, the fact that they're talking to reporters right after the plays go on, the fact that you can see what's going on in the locker rooms you can see what's going on on the sidelines they can they can ask coaches what they why they went with the certain call so you don't have to speculate you can ask players why they did this certain thing on the field so you don't have to speculate i think it's cool i think it humanizes the players i think in the nfl you don't have this so a lot of times people say with the helmets on they just look like robots or something out there. But this definitely humanizes the players, I think. And I'm a fan of it. I know there was a couple times where there was like some instances where the reporters were trying to butt in with the question. The teammates were celebrating all that stuff. But once again, that shows them that they're more human. Mm-hmm. Um, so all in all, I was a fan of this. And I think it's going to produce a lot of funny moments moving forward. But also just generally it, I would rather see that than listen to the announcers just ramble on about whatever they're talking about. So I'm a fan of this, uh, Eric. What about you? Because you're kind of mixed on this, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not as big of a fan of this as you are. There were some times where I kind of liked it where it was a little while, maybe a little while after the fact, maybe on the next drive or something, they came over and talk to a player did something like that but i mean if i was a player or a coach i would not like this at all <laughs> if 
you know, like if I just throw an interception and then, oh, why'd you make that throw? I, you know, I wouldn't want to have to talk about that or even, I mean, and even if it's like I did a good thing, you know, I want to be with my teammates, enjoy the moment and not have a microphone shoved in my face. Wow. How do you feel after that play? I don't know. I like, but like I said, there were a couple of times where, when I saw it where they didn't interview them right away, they waited till a little bit later and you still got to feel the raw emotion and, I like that a little bit better, but, and again, kind of like what, like how you talked about with the technology being, having an issue, you know, it is week one and things like that are going to happen. So I'm hoping with this like live game interview stuff that they can maybe work out some kinks with that too. And not be like right in the player's faces right after their right in the moment as they do something i don't know because I, I mean they, i'm not they, a player i don't care <laughs> you, you what i said i'm not a player so like i don't care like i mean well, these no, guys are getting I mean, paid money to play football like you like yeah but imagine i mean i don't know i just i can't imagine that the players would really be for this but i don't know I, i'm just trying well to when they do something that. good they're gonna be for it but <laughs> yeah I mean, maybe not all the time, though. Like, you know, like there was that one, like, where the, I think the defenders got an interception and there were like eight players gathered around and this lady's like walking up there with a microphone. Like, I, they were, I think they wanted to enjoy that moment. I don't know. I, but like I said, I I feel like they could work out some kinks and this could still be a good thing because I don't fully hate it. But at the same time, I don't fully love it either. I definitely have, mixed emotions on how okay. I feel about it. Overall, I don't, I guess like that's like a five out of 10 right now. It, it could be better, but it could be worse. I'm okay. just, that's something I'll have to keep my eye on going yeah, yeah. and see how they, see how that goes. All right, Nate, how do you, how do you think about this? I'm definitely in the, like all for it uh, side on this one. I think like what you're saying about how it humanizes the players. I 100% agree with that especially in a league like this where i would say about 75 percent of the players were like you know undrafted or they played maybe one or two nfl seasons Mm -hmm. like nobody knows who 90 percent of these guys are so i think it's great like when a guy has a touchdown or interception or something he can go to the sidelines and they can interview him you know kind of get to know him a little bit better hopefully um maybe there's a good sound bite that comes out of it and it gets um, a lot of like publicity on Twitter and ESPN or whatever. So I think it's, I think from that aspect, it's definitely good that you can kind of um, see these guys because you really don't know anything else about any of these players. So I think that's vital for the XFL. And I think it's already had some good, really good yeah. content out of it. They had uh, Pat McAfee down on the sidelines for, I think it was the Renegades Saint, game. St. Louis. Uh, yeah, St. Renegade Louis and... Uh, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Um, and he was, I mean, I like, I personally like him as uh, a commentator, but he was, you know, having some good interviews, having some funny moments. I think it's, mm-hmm. like, I'm with you. I think it's, I'd rather listen to that because it's, you know, relevant and um, more interesting than just having, you know, some random announcers up in the booth talking about, you know, what they've, seen from the game like yeah. we're all watching the same game like i don't want to you know hear your <laughs> thoughts on it you know what it, I, mean? I yeah i i love this rule and this picture right here actually was um she this this reporter asked the quarterback a question 
and he answered that and then he just stood there because he thought there was going to be a follow-up question <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> i don't know if you guys caught that or not in the game but it was just so funny like uh some of the moments there was that f-bomb that you know <laughs> happened yeah. uh that was in this <laughs> game as well i i love it man i i couldn't be like I said, this is something I, I agree with you, Nate. That this is it gets you a chance to know these players too, which is, which is important for the TV audience. Um, and then, then finally, we'll talk about the people at the game, so the fans. Uh, this I, I saw that the ticket sales from the week one had already outpassed the AAF's entire season, so that was interesting. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fans. I love the markets that the XFL put these teams in. Uh, I think they did a really good job picking these eight markets. And, I mean, you could see from the the fans, like, there was a couple of weird uh, New York Guardians fans, I think. There was one guy eating just cheese, like, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know you saw that. <laughs> the DC yeah. fans were pretty weird. There was a, there was a funny-looking Battlehawks fan with a costume on and everything. I mean, and... You heard the players say, like, you know, the the crowd noise was a thing. Like, the fans were were excited for this being the first week of a first league to come up. I, I was totally impressed with the fan response, and I think this is going to be good going forward since this had such a positive week one. I think this is going to – I think this is going to continue. If this week one had been pedestrian, I could see, I could see uh, excitement going away from this, but – the fact that there was so much excitement, I think this is good, and I think there's still going to be continued uh, people in the seats at these games. You guys agree with that, or do you think the fans fans better than what you thought, or less than what you thought? It was definitely way better than I was expecting, because the, the Defenders game, they were that first game, mm-hmm. and when I first tuned into the television and not too long after I turned it on, they had a fairly zoomed out shot where you could see a big portion of the crowd and most of the seats were filled and I was not really expecting that. I don't know, really know what I was expecting. I mean, I wasn't expecting the crowds to be you know, completely dead and like nobody in the stadium or whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't expect it to be like that packed. And I want to say like at the DC Defenders game, I saw the attendance thing that came up and they said 17,000 something people were there. Yeah. Which I mean, for a first game of a new season, you know, that's pretty good. But my only concern with them going forward and this, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. So I guess I wouldn't talk about the bad. So I, I guess I'll just go ahead and like bring it up now. But when the XFL first started the first time, of course, obviously the rules were way different and they were doing all that gimmicky crap and, so that was a big reason why it failed. So I know this is completely different, but the the XFL had a great first week, couple of weeks last time when they debuted as well. So the key is just going to be for them this time, instead of having a couple of hot weeks and then it gradually fading out, is to keep the momentum going. So hopefully they'll be able to do that this time. So we'll, we'll definitely see how the season goes, you know, going forward and everything. Yeah. Nate, what about you? Did you expect uh, this turnout or was it better than you expected? I thought it was a pretty good turnout from what I could tell on TV. Uh, it definitely sounded like there was some crowd noise. Uh, I think 
I think they also did a good job with the camera angles as well, especially in the uh, Tampa versus New York game. Obviously, they're in the Meadowlands. They're not going to you know, be able to come close to selling mm-hmm. out like half of that stadium. But the lower bowl itself looked pretty full, and they did a good job like keeping like limiting the shots to like having that in the frame so it looked like it was a packed you know environment and i think i think i was definitely impressed by that and the crowd noise i think for me i think the xfl the biggest thing is the with the broadcast ratings are like i don't know if those numbers have come out yet or if that'll be um later in the week but that'll be something to keep an eye on for sure because i think like we were talking about with the sideline interviews and all of that, I think the broadcast is really where the money's going to be at, is getting people to tune in to that. And I think it's entertaining enough to, I think, I think it will keep people watching for the entertainment mm-hmm. value more so than like the AAF was mostly a novelty. Like after the first couple of weeks kind of realized like, Oh, this is bad football. This is practice squad guys playing practice squad guys. And you know, it's on, like CBS Sports and whatever. I heard some people. Some people were like they had to download apps to watch the games. Like yeah, so but they were on obscure channels. Whereas these were on ESPN, ESPN. and uh, Fox, Fox, like main channels everybody had. So yeah, so I I think attendance looked good, but I think the main thing that's gonna keep the league going is how the broadcasts do. And I think from what yeah. I saw personally, I think they're gonna at least I think they're gonna do pretty well. All right, so. We did say that there were some bad things, definitely some things I could improve on. I could go on a rant about Aaron Murray, but I'm I'm not going to do that. I just got a picture of him up here because he, he's definitely bad, so I had to put him at the burning trash can. But another, the thing, the biggest negative for me in the XFL was the play of the quarterbacks, and there was a couple of good performances by quarterbacks but as as a whole i know landry jones that he's supposed to be the face of the league he wasn't healthy for this week but for the most part i wasn't very impressed with the quarterback play quarterback play i was however impressed uh with the rest of the team play i thought i thought it was excellent i thought it was a lot better than i expected actually but the quarterback play let me down the most and if I had to, if I could like implement any, if I could like wish for something to happen, it would be for the XFL to be able to attract big name NFL quarterbacks with huge contracts or something like that. If they got, if they were to be more successful in the future and, and get a lot more finances going, if they're able to attract uh, NFL starting caliber quarterbacks to this league, I think that would be. That would just make this league so much better. But Aaron Murray, he was the worst that I saw of the quarterbacks. But as a whole, I mean, scoring was was down. I think most all the games hit the under and the over-unders. So scoring was down from what we expected it to be, despite all the offensive rules and advantages with the kickoffs. But the quarterback play, we'll see how it progresses. Obviously, like these are the first weeks of this team playing i mean this is a brand new team i don't want to be too critical with that but if quarterback play increases i really don't have anything to not like about this league so i'll just ask you guys each your the the worst thing for your perspective on the xfl so i'll start with eric what was like the worst thing going on for the xfl right now would you say 
I'm definitely in agreement that the quarterback play is going to have to be better. I guess the the way I guess I would try to compare this, though, to try to give optimism for fans of the XFL would be that usually every year in the NFL for the first two, three, maybe even four weeks, it's usually a lot more advantageous for the defense for some, for whatever reason, it seems like most NFL offenses get off to a slow start. So hopefully for the XFL, that hopefully this is going to be kind of a similar thing. You know, like you said, these are all brand new teams. They all got to, the quarterbacks and the wide receivers have to get a better chemistry together. The quarterbacks got to get used to the, way his O-line is going to block and protect for him and stuff like that. So it's a lot to get used to. So hopefully, hopefully the quarterback play will improve. Although overall, while most of the rest of the teams, I would, from what I saw, I would say obviously the defense was better, but the only other problem I had was with some of the defenses, some of the corners would have these, plays where they just did really bad I mean I I know there's always going to be breakdowns and coverages sometimes and guys are going to get wide open even in the NFL that's going to happen but there were some plays where I saw and just the receiver would be on an island by himself I was like how did that even happen you know like some, but then it was weird because then there were other times where it seemed like the defense was pretty locked down so I I was glad it wasn't happening all the time because even though offense is more exciting to see than defense, if 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 all of these XFL games, if the final score had been like 70 to 64, that would be equally as bad in my opinion because you, you really want it to be balanced more than anything. You don't want it to be you know all in favor of the defense, but you don't want it to be a all offensive shootout all the time either. Like you want to see good bits of both sides. So Hopefully, going back to the quarterbacks, hopefully they can get better as the season goes on. Hopefully, for your sake, I don't know. I mean, I will say out of the four teams that I watched, I did not see two of the games. But the Tampa Bay Vipers were definitely the worst team out of the four teams that I saw offensively. But... Zach, I kind of before Nate gives his answer, I, I kind of want to ask you a question because while I didn't see the second half of the game, what was going on with Tampa Bay, like putting in Quentin Flowers for two, three plays and going back to Aaron Murray for two, three plays? Like, why do you think the coach was doing that? What was going through his mind? Or yeah, was, you don't like Aaron Murray, you want to see Quentin Flowers? Yeah, I know. That, but like, but why do you think uh, yeah. he was doing that? strategy because that was bad too watching a quarterback go in for three plays and then another one come in for three plays because then they can't get their rhythm i i thought that was terrible but i wanted to yeah since you're the big viper stand yeah yeah so from my understanding and and i agree it it definitely should have been handled better but from my understanding the fact that quentin flowers didn't just get the full reins was because aaron murray took the majority of the snaps at quarterback for all their practices and everything. So flowers wasn't like 
I guess he and he's also listed as the third quarterback. So that Cornelius guy was, I guess, the backup. But he since Murray had taken all the reps and everything, I think it was just a case of we Flowers might not know the entire offense because he saw basically every play he was in at quarterback was a RPO and uh, or just like the hand it off to the running back or take it off and roll out with and run with it. That was basically everything he did, except he did make one really nice throw at the end of the game, but they didn't really ask him to throw with the football down the field. So I think it was more just Aaron Murray had taken all the practice snaps and everything, but I think next week it should be a lot different. I think, I don't know who's going to be the starter next week, but I would definitely assume that in practices that it's going to be a lot more Quinn and Flowers based if I had to say so, but yeah, it should have, it should have, they should have either just stuck with Murray and then put flowers in for like those gadget plays for the, as like a running back, or they should have just given it all off to Murray and just seen what he had to deliver because it was working, you know, despite the fact that they hadn't been huge in the practice, he hadn't been huge practicing with them. It was still working. They were having more success with him in as a quarterback than Murray, but uh, that would be, I think, the best explanation for Trustman's. Okay, yeah, I, was, I was really curious. I was like, man, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I was really curious about that. But all right, yeah. So Nate, what do you think was was your worst takeaway from the XFL? What's the what's, what was the? Are you in agreement with the quarterbacks, or is there something else on your mind? Um, I definitely agree with the quarterbacks. I think, I think overall the talent. I mean, we knew this kind of coming in uh, to this league. The talent level is not – it definitely takes some adjusting to go from the NFL to this kind of talent level really across the board. It's not just the quarterbacks. I honestly – aside from Aaron Murray, I really didn't think from what I saw the quarterback play was too bad. Uh, Cardale Jones had a pretty good game. Uh, Brandon Silvers for the, um, uh, the Dragons. Dragons. He 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 looked pretty good for most of that game, as far as I could tell. Um, I, th- I think part of it is getting it's you know it's the first week they don't have a preseason really mm-hmm. in this league like the NFL does. I think it's mostly just getting these guys in a rhythm and I mean the the draft with all these players was what in like November like, or October yeah it was just or, a couple months ago. Yeah. So I, I I think part of it is like still getting these offenses broken broken in and. I think it's definitely you've got to kind of temper your expectations as far as talent is concerned. You know, most of these guys were practice squad level players before, so um, I wouldn't say it was really disappointing to me because I didn't expect too you know much coming into this. But yeah. I would say um, I would say the quarterbacks could be better. I think like what you're saying. I think you're kind of onto something with the. Um, getting NFL quarterbacks over to this league. I don't know that you could secure star talent. I don't think they'll ever have the funds for that. Or if they do, it'll be at least, you know, 10 years if the yeah. league can stay afloat that long. But I would be interested to see if backup tier quarterbacks would make the move over to this league to try and, you know, get some more exposure and actually get some starting reps and possibly, you know, maybe earn a starting job somewhere in the NFL. Like, I don't know yeah. how you know all that would work out, but that, that's something that could be interesting. Uh, and, keep going. 
yeah, if it keeps going. And another thing, too, Oliver Luck has said is he he said he wants the best quarterbacks possible. So they that was, of course, in question about college you know, quarterbacks moving over to a league, a professional league. Uh, that's not uh, – he basically did not shut that down. He just wanted the best quarterbacks that he could get. So if you're coming out of high school and, you know, you're – obviously going to be really good and you're good enough to make the XFL, you'll be able to make the XFL. There's not going to be a requirement like the NFL does. So I think that's going to be interesting if this league goes forward. If you see, if the NCAA still isn't paying players, if you see top tier quarterbacks that want to start making money right away, doing it through the XFL. So that'll be interesting to see as well if that ends up happening. But they said that these eight were the best that they thought about i guess so um so yeah that's going to be interesting moving forward and now we're going to compare it kind of to the aaf and nfl so personally i don't really have any aaf experience but i think that also is big because i'm still a football fan (laughs) and the aaf for whatever reason it just to me when it started up it just seemed like oh, the AAF is starting, and then games are being played the next week, whereas the XFL has been a two-year-long process to develop the fan bases once they came out with the eight cities and scout players for a year and come up with the rules through all the testing that they did. They really put a lot of work into us. I don't think they, you know, they didn't rush it like the AAF was probably rushed. And they also, I think, the, the rules in general, I think, were better than the AAF's gimmicky rules or whatever. Um, and then as far as to the NFL, I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb, and you guys are probably going to think I'm crazy for this, but I thought the XFL was better than the NFL was. And I'll say if I was to watch a random – if you give me a choice to watch a random XFL game or a random NFL game – I would rather watch a random XFL game because of all those rule changes, all the good things that we talked about in the first period. I think that outweighs the talent disparity between the NFL and XFL. So unless it's like the Jaguars playing or the Super Bowl or playoff games or something like that, if you just put a random, I don't know, Chargers versus uh, Broncos game on TV, or if you put Guardians versus roughnecks on tv i would rather watch guardians versus roughnecks personally that's that's just what i think after this first week so you know how i feel um Mm. but i'll ask you guys nate i'll start with you since you were the aaf follower of the group (laughs) (laughs) try and compare it to that and then are you as excited or bullish as i am about the xfl compared to the nfl so I would say I definitely watched a good amount of the uh, AAF. A big part of that was because the Orlando Apollos were based out of uh, Spectrum Stadium on the campus of UCF. So obviously that was kind of a tie-in that got me to watch. And, you know, I kind of adopted them as my team. It was kind of a fun little novelty for a few weeks. But kind of like what we referenced earlier, I think the main reason that the – XFL for me has been better than, you know, way better than the AAF was is just the quality of the broadcast. I mean, the AAF, the the talent level is really not much better from what I've been able to discern from 
you know, XFL to AAF, but watching, you know, the Tampa Bay Vipers game and having all these features with the broadcast, like hearing the refs, uh, hearing the sideline interviews, hearing, you know, everything else, and having mainly just having it on an actual um, TV station like ESPN or Fox <laughs> rather than, I know the AAF was on CBS Sports and their personal app, which was confusing and like obscure and hard to watch. Um, so I, I think it's far surpassed the AAF already just in terms of entertainment value. I think this is definitely the best, you know, alternative football league to come out probably ever. Um, as far as competing with the NFL, I don't know I'm quite as bullish. Um, I, I like, like you were saying, if there was a yeah. random NFL game versus random XFL game, I think I'd still be more, I don't, I don't know. I need to watch more of the it's XFL. A, yeah. To, Another to thing too, is it's so much that. quicker. Like I didn't even yeah. mention, like the half times are so much quicker that it just feels like there's less commercials in general. And it's, I think it goes by the time investment for me. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a big plus. Like if on a Sunday, if the patch, the Jags aren't playing, and I really don't have a fantasy, you know, yeah. going on. I don't really want to devote three hours to watching, three plus hours to watching, like you know, Tampa Bay or something like that. But yeah. on an XFL Saturday, if I have nothing going on, I'd be more willing to, you know, plop down two hours to get in and out and watch a Vipers game. That's absolutely a much better, um, I think, time investment for me. So I think that's the plus and. Yeah, the quality of play obviously is you can't do much about that, but I think it's a great alternative to the NFL for sure. I think the only thing that worries me about the league's futures, and it's not necessarily a bad thing to improve the NFL, but I'm worried that the NFL will adopt a lot of these new uh, features proposed by the XFL, like maybe miking up the refs. Hopefully they do that. Yeah. Um, some of those aspects and then the XFL kind of will fall off just because then it's, you know, low quality football with nothing differentiating it. Yeah. So that's what I kind of see as a possibility, unfortunately, but, um, but still yeah. then it's getting its job done. It's going to, it's kind of acting like the, um, like the third party candidates in elections where, you know, they have a small, very small group of fans, but they, influence the general election because they're able to you know certain policies candidates will adopt off of theirs to lure their fans over so i think even if that happens nate i think that's if it's good for the nfl then you know i'm down with that as well so (laughs) for sure yeah i i I totally agree i think it's it would be tough for the xfl to stay in business but i think even if that happens i think either way this league was Yeah, it's a win. It's an overall positive for, I think, sports in general. All right. Uh, Eric, what about you? I don't think you've got any AAF knowledge, but where would you stand with the NFL compared to the XFL? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't watch the AAF, but where I'm definitely going to give credit to the XFL compared to the AAF is that the XFL did its job in getting me intrigued whereas the AAF didn't when the AAF was becoming a thing there was never really a point where I thought man I really should check that out I just I didn't care but at least with the XFL 
and all these different rule changes, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm willing to give this a shot. So like, as you can see, like I have this Twitter poll that I did that's on the screen. So I asked my Twitter followers how do they feel about the XFL. So I did so pumped, which which that's I know like where Zach's at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zach probably voted. I uh, did. Then I did. We'll we'll check it with optimism. We'll check it, but have doubt or it could care less. And so. Out of those four options, 81% combined at least said they would check it out, which I think was a good thing. Only 19% said that they could care less. And then the majority said that they will check it with optimism. I was probably more so on the we'll check it with doubt when I first made that poll, but now I'm in the more optimistic side. But the but as for the comparison of would I rather watch a XFL game versus a random NFL game. I don't know. I'm still going to watch the random NFL game. In my opinion, I, I like the talent level that the NFL brings more so than the XFL, at least for now. But I'm, I'm going to give the XFL a lot of credit because they're doing, I guess just because of what happened with them the first time several years ago, I just assumed for sure right out the gate that it was going to, crash and burn again i didn't understand why vince mcmahon was wanting to risk all this money again but i overall as i mentioned beginning you know i gave the first week a b i thought it was better than i thought it was going to be and i'm excited for them going forward and as long as they don't ever try to i mean i don't think they would ever do this but if they would ever try to compete with the nfl by being on at the same time as them i think that would be a disaster but I think with them playing their games during the off season of the NFL, I think it's perfect because for football fans that want to still be able to have something to watch, you know, here you go. You have an alternative while you're waiting for the NFL to get back around. Yeah. But the key for the XFL is going to be, can they survive this first season? Because that always just seems to be the problem whenever another alternative for football comes up it just seems like they never make it through the first season and if they can make it through the first season and if abc fox and espn keep agreeing to broadcast them like then i think the xfl has a chance but if they get through the first season and fox as well we'll put you on fs1 or on the Fox sports side, but we're not going to put you on the main Fox network or, you know, and the other networks do the same thing. Then the XFL is going to be screwed, but if they can make it past the first season, then I think they have a chance because what would really intrigue me would be like with what Zach talked about, where if, you know, you get these kids that come out of high school that are really good and they want to make some money right away instead of going to college. I think that's where it could get interesting, but will they get there? That's, what mm-hmm. I'm going to be curious about. So, but and also to the way college is looking, I would say that's going to be a paid sport pretty soon. So I don't know how much of an impact that's going to be, but we'll see. Because right now the NCAA is, I don't think is allowing athletes to make money. So that's it's going to be one of those things where we don't know what's going to happen really with that. But, yeah, for sure. I guess um, I'm just saying the key. Yeah, thing. yeah. So the idea. Get, yeah. If they can get through the first season. Mm-hmm they have a chance, but yeah. that will they do it? That's what's going to be, 
that's what's going to be uh, yeah. crucial. So we'll see. Yeah, so we want to wrap this up by giving just some future predictions on a couple different things. So I'm just going to say from the games I watched, I thought the Defenders and the Roughnecks stood out as the two best teams. We'll see how they fare in this next week because they both played what we believe to be are going to be bad teams in the Wildcats and Dragons. Uh, so, But those are my top two teams right now, one from the West, one from the East. And the other thing, too, future predictions, I I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but like I, I said in the group chat, I'm not going to a Vipers game if Aaron Murray's the starting quarterback because we we saw in that first game what he's capable of doing, which is nothing. No. So <laughs> three points is what he's capable of doing. But I really do think from the excitement that Flowers brought to the Vipers in that game, combined with, honestly, I think fan pressure, because uh, this league is so young and so startup-based where fans actually have a voice in football decisions potentially with this, because, you know, Flower. I know Aaron Murray's from Tampa, but most people, more people know about Quentin Flowers in Tampa than they do about Aaron Murray, so... If they do make a quarterback change, I think that's going to be great for the Vipers. I'll leapfrog them all the way up in the power rankings to one if they do that. But will they do it? I don't know because there's it seems like there's always like a stigma about black quarterbacks. And I don't know. But I really hope he does get a chance to play as the starter. But will he? I don't know. Man, I really hope he does though. So that's that's I put him in there as the future productions. We we can talk about him in a second. But and then the idea about the XFL, I do think they're gonna survive the season. I mean, obviously I've been the biggest XFL fan of the three of us, so obviously I think they're gonna survive the first season. I do think they're gonna come back next season expand. Um, I I think this is a success. I really do. I think this fills the void of football and these spring months which is a good thing and i saw also another thing too on twitter it was just it it just took over twitter i mean it it really did i think i I do think it's going to continue as successful because of the like nate was talking about the broadcasting new things going on there the new rules in the league i i just think it's something everybody can relate to and, and enjoy. So I'm bullish on the XFL. I think they'll survive and I think they'll expand in the future. Uh, Eric, what about you? You don't have to give any comments about the teams, but what do you think about flowers and Murray? And then what do you think about that? Uh, you think it'll survive the season? I mean, they, the Vipers need to play flowers. I mean, Aaron Murray was, pretty trash in that game and they they had like a couple times where they showed he reminded me of like mitch trubisky where they (laughs) they would show times where like look how open this guy was and he didn't even see him and there was one that for sure would have been a touchdown so they would have at least doubled their score uh if they'd been able to if aaron murray had seen the wide open receiver but um i'm hopeful that they will make it through the whole season but i guess a question that I have, if you, I don't know if you know the answer to this, Zach, or not, because you know a lot more about this than I do. But so, because I know, like, Vincent Mann, obviously the creator of the XFL, but as of 
right now? Does he own like all eight of the teams and then he's got people that are like managing the teams or does like each team have an owner or like what's the it's all it's all here? owned under him. The the whole okay. league is owned under him, yes. Yeah, so see so he's having he's having to pay you know, all eight of these teams players, all eight of these teams coaches and all the referees and all this. I mean, so that is a lot of money coming out of one man's pocket. I mean, I know he's a billionaire or whatever, but that's a lot of dough. <laughs> so that was one. Of, I remember that was one of the concerns that I had going into it back when we did our, you know, initial preview of this a long time ago mm-hmm. in one of our topics episodes. That's going to be the key for them to be able to survive is they, the, the great ticket sales are going to have to continue. They're going to have to keep getting the good numbers and bringing in money that way. And then, you know, like Nate said, they got to get the viewership and can, you know, they got to continue to get that. And I will say, yeah, I will say too, uh, I was looking for some merch on the, on the store XFL store. And there was on the Vipers page, at least there was a good number of, items on that store that had said that they were sold out too so that's good take it for what it's worth but yeah that's what we're gonna need i mean just like i talked about with you know the first time the xfl debuted when they had those really high viewership numbers Mm -hmm. the first couple weeks and then after people realized how like dumb and gimmicky it was then it fell off like if the viewership maintains the course and can maybe even if it can even start getting a little bit better then it has a chance. But if viewership starts going down, like if every week from now, like it keeps going down a little bit more then they're not going to make it. So we'll see. I, it's too hard to predict, I think, but, uh, and as I said earlier, I'm, you know, I'm hoping it works out cause it's nice to have something to watch in the off season of the NFL and stuff like that. So We'll see. It's just going to depend on what the viewership does, though. But hopefully it keeps getting better. Hopefully people keep watching. Hopefully more people get drawn in as the season goes on instead of people wavering off. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm definitely on the same page as you guys with the Quentin Flowers debate. I think Aaron Murray just showed nothing of promise in his first start. I think it's definitely time uh definitely definitely at least give him at least a few series next week just to see you know if he can do a better job which i think he definitely can he brings more to the table in terms of um dual threat you know, yeah, yeah dual threat he can create things when you know the the plays aren't there as they're drawn up i think he's definitely much better in that regards but even if they don't make that move next week or if they don't you know, you said he was a third-string quarterback. They got that Cornelius guy. I don't, I don't know much about him. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I can't, they, I, I can't imagine that they would go with Cornelius over Flowers just with the fan base right. and everything. You know, like right. People are already rioting that, <laughs> that Murray played as long as he did. But yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. At the very least, I was thinking about this watching the game. They should, at the very least, if they're not going to start him, use him in you know the Taysom yeah. Hill kind of role. I mean, he was a Draft as a running back in the NFL. Um, he definitely can run jet sweeps. He can, he can throw it on a double pass. Um, he can. I'm sure he can catch the ball. I don't. I wouldn't see why that would be an issue. Yeah. So I, I think at the very least you got to maximize this guy because he's. I think he's got to be one of your most talented players on the roster. He was incredible at 
USF. You know, we both saw him in person, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he's, he's got to be on the field more. And for the league as a whole, I think I think it will definitely survive through this year. Definitely survive through next year, barring some unforeseen, just because Vince McMahon does have crazy money to fund this thing. The the AAF's financing, you know, was all messed up. They didn't have the funds. I mean, they founded the league knowing that they didn't have enough funds to make it through the first season. They're basically counting on like a miracle investor showing up and saving the day. So that league was pretty much doomed from the get go. This this league, even if it you know, tanks viewership-wise. I think Vince McMahon has the funds to keep it going um, for at least two to three years. But I think what's going to be critical is I think they've got to obviously keep growing the um, fan base, keep selling tickets, keep selling, uh, keep having good ratings, and all that looks pretty promising right now. I think to really compete with the NFL, though, I think in the long term they do need to add more teams and I don't think they can be league-run teams either. I think they need some new investors to come in as owners, like yeah. with the what we've seen with the MLS and other leagues like that. Because um, I don't, I mean, Vic, Vince McMahon has crazy money from the WWE, but it's not enough to. I think especially, support. especially if they're going to be at the point where they like try and outbid like NFL quarterbacks, you know what I mean? Right. Cause you to keep the so, league going long-term. You got to yeah. increase the talent level as well. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think it'll definitely be around for a few years, but I think it's going to expand. Gotta beyond get that investors. Yeah. yeah. They need some more funding, yeah. but I like what you're, I've seen so far. You're in it from the sports management guy right there, guys. <laughs> Nate's, <laughs> Nate's an expert in this stuff. So <laughs> I take his word. <laughs> Getting there. Still learning, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. All right, guys. Well, th- this will wrap up this episode. This is fun to record. Uh, I like how we're all optimistic for this league. I know I am definitely, but like I said, unless Flowers is starting, I'm not going to a game. <laughs> but if he does start, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely plan on going to a game or two. But um, thanks, guys, for for listening and watching. And we will be coming out with future XFL episodes. This is more just a broad overview of the league. But going forward, we're gonna actually try and talk more about the teams and the gameplay itself so stay tuned for that as well we're going to come back with some nba episodes as well we've got a whole host of new ideas coming up for episodes so that's what's on the horizon guys thanks for being a part of this episode quick uh, Uh, questions that before we end this if the tampa bay vipers win the first xfl championship will you buy the vipers championship shirt hat and dvd combo package Ooh. Ooh. at first i thought it was just gonna be a shirt but you know what why not <laughs> i don't think there's i've never i've never uh witnessed a team winning the championship and that i've supported so i i would just for that fact alone because you know the jaguars magic trailblazers uh tennessee all those teams they never won they've never won a championship at least since i've been alive we're watching so i definitely would um i know the jacksonville sharks won a couple championships that was cool but i mean that's arena football <laughs> there's not many teams <laughs> of that but that that was still cool but yeah i'll i'll definitely buy i'll buy the combo pack if they win this whole thing you you heard it here yeah, yeah. <laughs> heard it here first <laughs> yep there it is
right, guys. Thanks for thanks for listening and watching. We'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Peace.